0: October 26th, it's Halloween, and it's your birthday, Jake. Jeez, it's 31. That's crazy. Um, This is North Side Story Podcast. I don't know. It's just daydreaming dreaming right there for some reason. Northside Story Podcast. I am your host, Blake the Cat Miller. Hashtag 9 lives. I'm back, baby. Maybe not this week, though.
1: You know what? I, As a birthday gift, I would appreciate your gift to me would be starting Najee Harris. I can't do it. Well, what a great friend you are.
0: I, well, I'm sorry. I, I I, do so much. That voice is the commish, Alvin and the Chipmunks owner, Jake. Soft hands, Rocky Jake. How are you doing?
1: I'm doing well. I'm um, just kind of looking over my team. Love the way that I've constructed this roster. Top to bottom. Stacked. Second in the league in points, but still not 500. Make some sense of that. Um, but you know, I will say a sneaky, tough matchup this week with you. I'm a little concerned only because you did score 140 last week and you might have some guys that are, that are coming back and, um, possible we'll, we'll get into our matchup and, um, we'll, we'll spoil it right here. Of course, we're going to make our matchup, the matchup of the week. Um, Mm -hmm. but we do have some other good matchups here. I do feel like some of the teams are starting to separate themselves, whether that's a good or a bad thing, um, which we'll get into. But my favorite um, segment of the week, I look forward to it every Thursday night, Baki's Bets. I mean, unheard of this week. Absolutely unheard of.
0: Yeah, we'll go over all those losses that you accumulated in Baki's Bets, go over all the matchups. We'll eventually go over our matchup of the week, which I'm very excited to dive in. It's going to be exciting. It's going to be a fun week eight of the NFL season. Jake, you ready to get going?
1: Can't believe it's already week eight or is it seven? Yeah. Week eight already. Unbelievable. This year's flown by 50% almost of the way through. Let's do it.
0: First matchup, Notorious 6-1 going up against Fitch. We had a couple guys playing, uh, obviously with Josh Allen, Mike Evans, Mike Evans get a late, late, late touchdown, which actually covers for the bucks. Um, Heartbreaker, heartbreaker if you're a Buffalo backer in that game, but still gets a touchdown. Doesn't doesn't matter how much or how they look or how they come, you take it. Eleven point out, and he was just phased out. Seems like the entire game, Baker was under duress. Seemed like most of the time, uh, especially two, especially two in that matchup, there was about three drives where Baker's heels were in the end zone. So that has not worked for, for Mike Evans. I see a lot of the time, uh, it was just Baker. Baker going to Rashad White, who Trey has on his bench. Um, a lot of that came through the air, 39 yards on the ground, 70 through the air. It was just weird game plan, or not game plan, weird situation, weird game script that just had Mike Evans inefficient. But all you need is a touchdown. Josh Allen, 29, 29 points himself. He's having a little bit of issue that the announcers in the game uh, were talking about. He still hasn't recovered from when he got uh, banged up in that Giants game. Went to the tent at like a random point in the game, but... When you're getting when you're getting touchdowns like he is, either through the air, um, and anytime you're getting a rushing touchdown, he's had back-to-back rushing touchdowns. Actually, looking at this, he's had a touchdown, rushing touchdown in every game since week three, besides week six, when he got banked up. Mm-hmm. So that's where you're getting out of Josh Allen, number one ranked quarterback. I would have guessed, I would have guessed even before this outing, he was probably number one because he's been on a little bit of a heater lately. Some of the bigger uh, quarterbacks have been kind of slow: Jalen Hurts, Patrick Mahomes. But I mean, you're getting you're getting above projection Josh Allen. You're sliding just below with Mike Evans. You're pretty much even out, and that kind of dictates his 120. Uh, originally coming in projection of 122, probably one of the higher. It's probably you or Trey, but it's all same lineup. Nothing changes. T.J. Hawkinson's in there against Green Bay. Jacoby Myers against Detroit. You're looking at, Jake, you're looking at his normal starting cast. Any matchups you're interested in, or is it just same old, same old with
1: the I, I do think this is a week where I would strongly uh, – or I, I do support the Isaiah Pacheco train this week. Um, I do think that he has a good game against Denver, who has shown this year that they can't consistently play defense. They might have played decent defense last week but that was against a Jordan Love kind of bad offense in Green Bay. Um, So I do think Pacheco has a good week this week. But everywhere else, I'm not, like, huge fans of. uh, I mean, TJ against Green Bay is nice. But Josh Jacobs against Detroit, I think that's going to be extremely hard for Josh Jacobs to get going. I think even Jacoby Myers. uh, But Jacoby Myers has just kind of seemed to defy – You know, his his projections and he usually goes over um, and but he's been consistent this year. uh, Jacoby has in and basically, especially the last three outings, you're looking at 17, you're looking at around 15 and then 14.5. So, you know, three straight weeks, three straight touchdowns as well. Um, And so it doesn't really matter who's throwing him the ball, whether it's Hoyer, whether it's O'Connell, whether it's Garoppolo. Jacoby Myers has been a good asset for the Raiders offense, but. Everybody else, I mean, of course, getting twenty nine points for Josh from Josh Allen, um, you know, is that's what you expect out of the number one fantasy quarterback. Um, but we'll see another player really quick is Tyreek, who was on the injury report yesterday. He did practice in full today, so I can see him still, you know, having a good game. The Patriots are prone to really shut down number one wide receivers. But Tyreek is in another world right now. So I, 20 points is a lot for a wide receiver. That's got to be one of the most we've seen this year. Um, but he's number one for a reason. And so I can see that continuing as well.
0: Yeah, the the one note about Tyreek Hill, we're actually getting to the point of the season where we're getting first. We're looking at this current matchup and a matchup that happened previously in the year. This is the second matchup between the Dolphins and New England. Week two, uh, Tyreek was held two. Twelve points, so there may be some optimism there if you're you're expecting one of that one of those kind of games where they're shutting down the number one guy. So we're um, going over to Fitch's team, same cast of characters. He also had one player going with James Cook. James Cook with only seven point eight. Um, it makes kind of sense. It seems like out the get go, um, Buffalo has been struggling as the Blake getting out of the gate hot. Um, seems like their offense was turning into a fourth quarter offense. They pass the ball a lot right from the onset, and that's not James Cook's game, uh, really. I mean, we looked at just one catch or six yards. Um, once they got the lead coming out of the half, were, I mean, they were tied, and it was close in the sec, uh, at the end of the first half. But coming out of the second half, when they got a little bit of a lead, they started leaning on him a little bit more. He's most efficient as a runner, being able to get a rushing touchdown, but always hurts when you got James Cook and you're going up against Josh Allen. Josh Allen gets a rushing touchdown. That's just how it goes um, whenever you have – uh, running back one of the offenses just like deandre swift deandre swift is always prone to that when you get to the one yard line pretty much just chalk it up but Fitch is, has the perfect solution to that problem he gets the number one running back and the number one quarterback so anytime they're in close they're going to be able to cash uh we talked a little bit about kind of this whole team i mean there's uh plus matchups definitely for new orleans against indianapolis something's got to get right in new orleans they have all these decent options. And I wouldn't say great. I mean Rashid Shahid is uh just an absolute speedster. You just gotta give it to him. Doesn't matter what point of the field. Chris Olave can beat one on one matchups any day of the week. So going against going up against Indianapolis, I just gave up seemed like forty something points. I don't remember it was like high thirties or low forty yeah, for points 30, against the
1: thirty nine to the Browns.
0: Yeah. Uh and that Browns team has just been decimated with injuries and this New Orleans teams have just haven't been able to get it right offensively. So Maybe a plus matchup there, KJ Osborne against Green Bay. Um, we we talked about it last episode. I feel like KJ is kind of the odd man odd man one out. Oops, Messed that one up. But uh, odd he's odd the odd one out in that in that, that white. Odd man out. I don't know why I kept switching it. Um, so there's there's definitely options. Definitely options coming off Fitch, Fitch's uh, IR spot and actually activating him, J. Johnson. And
1: really quick about Deontay. I believe Deontay left practice today. He uh, yeah, didn't practice today. It wasn't on him. Yeah. Oh God. So that's, I would not touch Deontay Johnson.
0: Mm, there's also uh miles Sanders coming off a buy or coming off. He's healthy now. Yeah. He's healthy now. And that's always an option too, I guess. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know what much to say about uh fish's team. That Washington matchup uh, for Philadelphia, that's going to be a juicy one. Uh, mm-hmm. A lot of points definitely there. That team has uh, struggled to hold offenses. And I think going up against Fitch, or going up against Trey, I think Fitch is kind of running into the same problem and kind of dilemma that I had in my match against against Notorious. He's going to be putting up points. you got to get your big spike outings. Starting off with James Cook, that's pretty brutal. But do you see any big plays out of any of those guys this week?
1: Uh, I don't. Um, I, I, I do think Jalen hurts has a good game. I think that's the only one to be honest, that I think really can, can match Josh Allen. But uh, in order to beat Trey, I think you need, you can't just match Josh Allen. You need somebody else to really go off. And with Trey having a Tyreek, um, a TJ and a Pacheco, I think both three of those could probably hit, hit their projections. Um, and it's not like Josh Jacobs is going to score like two points. He's still going to have a good week. Perhaps I don't see him reaching the 14. Um, but, you know, he he's going to have better than – I would assume he has better than James Cook. Um, so, yeah, I'll touch on Chris Olave really quick. Chris Olave, looking at his stats this year, now he's ranked 23rd overall for a wide receiver. Now I was dropped in the second round, and I think that's where pretty much everybody expected him to go. And I never really bought into the Chris Olave train this year, only because I've watched Derek Carr for years. And unless you're a Devontae Adams, I have just never seen a wide receiver really go off with Derek Carr. And Chris olave has got talent, but you look at the targets, and they just don't translate into anything. They're very much empty targets, in my opinion, where you're looking at... And I will say the start of the year, not bad. But the last two weeks, 10 targets, which translates to 13 points. Okay, pretty good. But as a wide receiver, one, you would kind of expect a little bit more. But last week, 15 targets, seven receptions. And some of that, if you watch Saints games, is Derek Carr. And some of that is also Chris Olave. Yeah. Just not running his routes. He is just it's he just kind of seems out of it lately. And, um, as, as, uh, and I understand that Brian drafted him to be his wide receiver too, because he had Justin Jefferson, but as someone that, you know, wants to be at the top of the the standings in our league, Chris Olave is just not it as reg- regarding that wide receiver one. So KJ Osborne, I haven't seen anything from him so far that really like solidifies him that he, that he should be a fantasy starter, to be honest. Um, and Evan Ingram is good for his seven points a week. Um, but, yeah, I don't know. I, I, I think Brian's team, I've touched on it. I wouldn't be surprised if Brian has uh, a little bit of a slide here as he faces off against a top team like Trey. Um, and then after that, it's Steph, right? So I, I think those two teams are teams right now that have better teams than he does. Um, so, yeah, I... I, I I'm not the biggest fan of Brian's team, um, and I think he just has to kind of float right now until uh, Justin Jefferson gets back. Well, you got to make a decision
0: here. He's going up against Notorious. Um, I'm going to hop ahead of you. I'm going to take Notorious. Yeah. this matchup. I like, like I said, fifteen is a lot, especially when you're getting 29 out of the gate and you're already starting off with 11 in a lackluster game where you could probably take an advantage mm-hmm. of of Trey. And he's and since he's getting Mike Evans, he's getting those points there that. I mean, mike Evans has been good as of late but um i think every time when you roll into your flex spot or say it's your second w- or running back there's always one guy you're starting the year you know I'm the utmost confidence in i think if I didn't see this Thursday night game I'd be having obviously questions about mike Evans but getting 11 points from him really just sets the the floor for a lot of the uh, high-end fantasy assets that he has on his team and um yeah I'm just taking Trey I think this is gonna be a i think this is gonna be a bloodbath
1: yeah, I, I think give me Trey by 20 points. I think that's a solid number for Trey to win by. Because um, I do think Jalen Hurts is going to put up a good amount. Um, and we'll see if Swift does. But Hurts is is really in the zone right now. He's probably got to be ranked number two. Yeah, he's ranked number two. Um, and he has one, two, three, four, five, six rushing touchdowns this year, which is just for fantasy quarterbacks. Is, unless you're named Lamar Jackson, it's kind of unheard of. So um, but I'll take Trey to win this uh, matchup. And yeah, I think he just continues to kind of stack his wins um, while his team kind of shows that consistency.
0: That meet the Robinsons going up, going up against QB Sneaks. Better yet, let's call him uh, Quarterback Killers. This is his third quarterback he's running out in the last four this weeks. Phil? This is the new fill. Um, Stick one San Francisco though. He's going with Sam Darnold. I uh, just looked at it. We're at week seven, and we got negative, negative point zero six, negative point one, negative point one, negative point two. So Sam Darnold really needs to turn it around this week if QB sneaks, thinks he's going to have any chance because you can't have negative points at your quarterback position. Tongue in cheek. But uh, Christian, we have for you, Raheem Moser, Keenan Allen, Pukunakua. It's pretty much the fab four. Bryce – or, excuse me, Brees Hall is going to be interjected in this lineup. Wow. CeeDee Lamb. Yeah, CeeDee Lamb sitting on the bench against the Los Angeles Rams, who have been a team that's been giving up points. Um, that's Man, that's going to be tough. Uh, anything you want to hop in here?
1: Well, I was just going to say I apologize because I got – for some reason ESPN kicked me out as you are going over that. I – thought that you were saying before this matchup, you were just saying that it was just breaking news right now that Sam Darnold was going to start. I had no idea that you meant a Shane was starting Sam Darnold. Oh, you really? (laughs) In his lineup, which is a huge slap in the face to Phillips. um, Because to me, this just screams, doesn't matter who I play at quarterback. I'm going to beat Phillips's uh, trash team. So this is just, I, I just feel like a Shane just kind of, just kind of, I don't know, looking at the waiver wire. Yeah, whatever. Sam Darnold it in because there has to be other options on the waiver wire. I don't I'll care for you when you're ready. Or I'm I'm looking at him right now. Um, you know, I mean, even a Derek Carr, I would rather start a Derek Carr over the Sam Darnold, especially against the Indianapolis Colts. Um,
0: I think I would say I would start Tyrod.
1: Yeah. Tyler's another one. Um, And yeah, there, there are limited options and I get that, but like these guys have played throughout this year and they've showed some things like even when Jordan love gets off waivers, I'd probably still start Jordan love over Sam Darnold. Um, So to me, this just like, it's just a big slap in the face to Phillips. Um, But looking at the rest of a Shane's team and the reason why he can afford to start Sam Darnold is because he has a very good team. And once again, Christian McCaffrey. This score is essentially fifteen to six right now, um, because Christian McCaffrey already has a touchdown. You can yes. the book. Um, Raheem Mostert against the Patriots. This is becoming what are we going to get out of Raheem Mostert? I feel like going forward, um, I think he might have another week in him where he gets thirty points, but I think he has several weeks still to go this season where he gets you you know, between four and nine points. Um, And for a top team like a Shane, he's got to really hope Brees Hall um, kind of like from now on separates himself. It came out today, I think, that Dalvin Cook's extremely unhappy as, you know, not enough carries. And it's because you stink, buddy. Like, you're just not a good running back anymore. It's like quicksand. He's running in. It looks brutal. Uh, The the days of Dalvin Cook being an exciting, you know, sixty yards, a screen pass, and running through people and around people are long gone. And I and I will say, Dalvin Cook, I'm not a, I'm never been a Vikings fan, but he was exciting to watch because he used to do that so frequently. But Brees Hall is someone that is also fun to watch. Um, And going forward, he is he is the number one guy. So. I wouldn't be surprised if if Brees Hall is someone that starts playing the RB2 slot where Shane then does put in CeeDee Lamb as the flex. But Shane has a very good team projected right now at 120 with a quarterback that I can't even believe Sam Darnold is projected for 16 points.
0: I don't know. I just don't know where he's going to get it. I don't see him being this, like, sharpshooter assassin quarterback that Brock Purdy is that makes him so efficient in this offense where it's all of like, like option or like, like zone reads and stuff like that. I don't see Sam Darnold. He's never been that guy. Sam Darnold was the guy that you're, you're rolling out when he was with the jets and you know that you knew that were were going to get blown out because he can air it out. And like, he can maybe sneak in for a touchdown every now and then. So I just don't see, I don't see the path. I don't, I don't see the path them getting to 16 for him. And like you said, there's other teams there. Maybe he's just, I don't know. Maybe he's just sticking to the Niners. I just go with Brock Purdy, just sticking in that lineup because all it takes really for Sam Darnold is a couple dump off to Christian McCaffrey, his guy, and you're getting double points there. So maybe that's the, the unconventional route that we're seeing with their Nakua against Dallas. I don't even know what to expect in that game. Rams always struggle when it's, when it's, uh, going up against an elite pass rush, um, I'm I'm interested. I think 14. I think that's would be mine. That's pretty high, even even with the success that he's been having, um, him still being able to get high fantasy points without getting touchdowns like we saw last week, and targets not being affected with Cooper Cup being in the play. But Mm -hmm. he's my only question mark. But as a whole, um, I mean, I really like his team. I like Raheem Mostert against New England. Miami's never or Tua a Tua led Miami team has never hasn't lost to New England yet. So. I don't expect that to change this week. I don't. Maybe we'll be talked about a little bit with Tyreek Hill being neutralized, but still see them winning that game. I still see them being ahead. Raheem is always a threat for a touchdown. So, the Robinson's uh, newest addition, got a couple of new additions. We had um, with Dawson Knox going on the IR. I believe I know he's injured, but I think he went on the IR. Dalton yep. Kincaid is now the big man in Buffalo, and I think I think it paid off. In dividends, obviously with the fifteen point start, I I'm still apprehensive to see um, what what type of role he has in that offense because it's been a while since I've seen a very consistent tight end option with uh, Josh Allen. There's been moments that we saw even last year when it was Dawson, Dawson Knox's uh, room to himself, um, a lot of highs, a lot of lows, and it's not much consistency. I will say probably the last. Jake, you're gonna have to help me here, but I'm pretty sure the last consistent tight end in Buffalo that I can remember, like, was like Eric Ebron when Tyrod Taylor was throwing him the ball.
1: I guess. I mean, Dawson Knox had a few years, like, yeah, had a few years where he goes through stretches where you're like, oh, this is like a good, good option at tight end, and everyone starts picking him up or they draft him. Yeah. And and like, he has some stretches where you're like, Oh, he gets thrown the ball like twice a game,
0: Mm -hmm.
1: but I I I thought this was a great pickup. This is very similar to last week to where Phillips um, picked up Jackson Smith and Jigba and plugged him in as the flex. And he got around 15 to 16 points last week with him. So, you know, tight ends are, it's tough to find a legit, a good tight end to get you more than 10 points. Um, And Dalton Kincaid had seven catches tonight and he looked like not the focal part of the offense, but a complimentary piece that I think going forward without a clear cut, another tight end, because they were splitting a lot of time. um, But now that Dalton Kincaid is the the legit number one there, I do think this is a good tight end play the rest of the season. Yeah. I think, I think out of
0: yeah, I don't was, I got to look into the, uh, the official wording on him. I'm pretty sure it's an IR. So you're getting a four it IR, Yeah, he's on yeah. IR. Yeah. So, but you're taking that. I mean, you're taking that in the tight end landscape. And he hasn't really had the most consistent one. I think there was obviously a lot of hype on Jake Ferguson. Because when you think Dallas, you think tight ends. You think touchdowns. But uh, a lot of owners are struggling with it. Don't Kincaid now with Dawson Knox out of the picture. Um, while I think there's still going to be some inconsistencies, that's a no-duh. But having the number one guy, uh, especially them drafting him and having uh, faith in him to come in in a situation like this to be a focal focal passing option, you're going to take it, especially with the Bills. They're going to be scoring points Mm -hmm. searching for touchdowns. One guy that needs a touchdown in the worst way is Calvin Ridley. Calvin Ridley last two weeks hasn't put up more than five points. And it's not uh, from a lack of trying. Uh, Two weeks ago, he had eight targets, four catches, 30 yards. But – Against New Orleans, uh, only four targets, one catch for five yards. We always talk about that's kind of his big guy uh, that we talked about after week one. Uh, it seemed like the world woke up, and we're like, how did how did we not draft Calvin Ridley even higher, even though he went in the fourth round with all the kind of questions you had, him coming back in the league? But five, five points, I mean, just going through it, we have a four-point, a five-point, a four-point, a one-point, even, I mean even the best guys have down weeks, but Calvin Ridley didn't seem like to be the guy that would have those down weeks. And when you're pairing a guy of like Calvin Ridley with another streaky wide receiver option with Terry McLaurin, um, who's a bit has been more consistent this year. Uh, he has got four outings over, over 11 points and then his lowest of the lows occurred in week one when he only had four points. In, and I don't know if we all remember that game. That was the, the, the big comeback from Washington, but uh, more a cons- little bit more consistent. But when I think Scary Terry and I think kind of that offense as a whole, I think if it's a plus script for uh, Washington, there's definitely uh, options to gobble up some touchdowns. Um, Curtis Samuel's always in the mix. You have uh, Jahan, uh, Do- Jahan Dotson in the mix, but if there's anything you can rest your head on in this matchup, though, would I mean, the Robinsons going up against Philadelphia last time they met up. I think Terry McLaurin had the, biggest one of the one of the more bigger outings of the year having eight catches 86 yards but darrell henderson's in the lineup as well a uh, new pickup hot pickup after what he did last week against pittsburgh Re- really just stepped right in and took 18 carries for uh for 61 yards and a touchdown now touchdown definitely helped 13 points you'll take it and um, definitely worthy of the pickup didn't look like he didn't spend anything he, I I always see Phillips on our Instagram. He's up at like 4 a.m. So he's gonna beat everyone to the waiver wire. Nice. No one wants to put a bet on someone. So, but 11 points, I find that hard to come by. I mean, he wasn't that efficient on the ground, only three three yards. But while Jarrell Henderson was able to just reincorporate back into the offense, Royce Freeman was still there. Probably take a little bit more time for him to really fully into that to that offense, that running back room. I see more of a split, and really that one touchdown kind of saved him. So. Kind of a tough matchup there, but uh, anything else you got to tap on this game or on either Robinson's game? I mean,
1: you said about uh, nine minutes ago that he was looking for touchdowns in the worst way with Calvin Ridley, and this is really like the whole thing about Phillips' team is that these guys have not scored touchdowns this year. Nope. I was looking at Bijan's stats. Bijan has two, I believe. Uh, Calvin Ridley has two, Terry McLaurin has one, and DK has two. So these are guys that, you know, have the talent. They just have not found the end zone this year. And I really feel like not just Calvin really needs to score touchdowns, his entire team does. Um, So going forward, I don't know if I would necessarily play Darrell Henderson. I mean, we saw a little bit, and this is just kind of off the wall. I don't even know who else would really start. Maybe a Cam Akers. Um, I would maybe just go back to Brian Robinson because Brian Robinson is still a top 10 running back in fantasy. Darrell Henderson against the Dallas Cowboys. I think the Cowboys are going to completely eat that Rams offensive line up. And I think the Rams are going to really struggle to find any ground game whatsoever. So I'm not the biggest fan of this play. I kind of get it because you're trying to hope that um, you're going to piggyback off of that success from last week. But it's really hard for me to see uh, Darrell Henderson having that same success. So that would be my my suggestion. I mean, looking at what Brian Robinson did against the Eagles a couple of weeks ago, um, 14 carries, 45 yards, and a touchdown. But I mean, who knows if a touchdown is going to come back again? Uh, but it's hard. Phillips does not have a lot of options, so he's probably just trying to you know hit the jackpot with Darrell.
0: Um, he's gonna need a hit a jackpot, I think, in this matchup. I think we got a couple of matchups. We're only on matchup two as we're previewing all of them. But when I'm when I'm getting onto this page and I even see Sam Darnold, that kind of startles my eye. Um, I just keep going down the roster and I just see, see what I see what I really like about QB Sneak's team. He's just got a very balanced tack, he's got a lot of heavy hitters, he's got Keenan Allen that we didn't even really talk about him when we went over his team, but still, even after a low adding last week against Kansas City. He's still still top, to me, easy top 10 option every single week. Having him and Puka going up against a Calvin Ridley and a Terry McLaurin matchup, mm-hmm. I just there's just too many mismatch. And QB Sneaks, I think, is going to get the victory here.
1: Yeah, I agree. I think Ashane picks up a big win after dropping a game last week. Um, and Phillips continues to fall in the standings.
0: Rum runners taking on Team Mercier. Rum runners five and two, third place. Sam, three and four, eighth place. S- Cincinnati Bengals are off by. So is Sam's Sam's team. Uh Joe Burrow, Joe Mixon, and T. Higgins. And T Higgins. Back in the mix for Team Mercier. Um, she did have one person go. She had Stefan Dix going. Uh 11, 11 and a half points. It was good that is not good enough. And if you look at Nick's bench, you can see why it wasn't enough. It was the Gabe Davis show. Gabe Davis was heavily, heavily involved. Um, normally you're you're not worried about Gabe Davis um, in terms of eating into Stefan Diggs because Dave Gabe Dave, Gabe Jesus. There you go. Gabe Davis is typically the high um, high volatility, low target, but that was switched this uh this week with 12 targets, nine catches, sure handed this. And then we look at Stefan Diggs on the other side, still involved, still had his 12 targets, but I mean, you're, we get Gabe Davis eating into your targets. It's going to, it's going to affect you. And if you're not rolling in for a touchdown, especially in the game, 25, 24 points isn't a lot, but still even low scoring, high scoring, you still almost every week, um, almost count up your six points with Stefan Diggs, uh, considering he's just the flat out number one pass option in that team. So very disappointing. And, um, Man, Jake, I see a lot of disappointment in Sam's team this week.
1: Yeah, I mean, they're going up. Her team is basically going up against the San Francisco 49ers, who over the last couple of weeks have not really shown anything defensively, and sometimes they do have holes in that defense. I will say, with this being on the road, this is a tough spot for all three of these players. Um, We'll see what Joe Burrow looks like this week um, with coming off that bye. We're not entirely sure what we're getting with Joe, um, with his injury, and whether or not the offense is in sync. We've seen the last few years, once that offense is clicking, it is one of the best offenses in the football in football in general. But this week is going to be very interesting. Um, you know, Joe Burrow essentially has the same projected points as Sam Darnold, which is a little uh, alert, uh, alerting, and so... I don't know what we're getting out of that. Um, and to start off with Stefan Diggs only having 11 points is just a major disappointment to this team because without Stefan Diggs really putting up a high number, um, it's hard to come back from that. I don't know if I would play anybody else besides T. Higgins in that flex. I look at perhaps a Zach Moss, and I think maybe. But they're going up against a good rush defense in New Orleans, so I would stay away. Monty is still out. Um, and yeah, I don't know. Sam's team is, is one where, um, I was kind of high on coming into the season, but as the year has gone on and I've kind of seen that Bengals offense struggle when you have that many players on one team and they struggle, you're, you're not looking good. So I think this week, um, I think Nick's just going to get that luck again. And, uh, and um, you know, I mean, we can talk about his team if you want to talk. Anything. Yeah, the
0: only thing that I, that I wanted to touch on is sometimes early in the season we get performances from some individuals and we kind of hold on to that moniker or um, we think when we're looking at projections, we're more keen to be like, oh, he's going to go over that rather than like, how in the heck is Najee Harris going to score more than six points? Like, we get that with players. And I think that I think that I myself still kind of have that feeling. Brandon Ayuk. Um, but we're looking at eleven projections. He's a guy that you think, hey, you know what? He's definitely involved. Debo's banged up. George Kittle had a game last week. That's not gonna happen this week. Brandon Ayuk's gotta be the guy. But no, last three weeks, um, hasn't caught more than five, five, five balls, which doesn't seem like a lot for Brandon Ayuk for how we talk him up yards are there, but hasn't, hasn't been over 10 points. I mean, yeah realistically, zone. yeah, realistically though, but even realistically we have four weeks where he hasn't hit 10 points and that's, that's troubling. And earlier in the season, when he had those two, two big games, you look at 11.5 and you think, you know what? I didn't get everything out of Stefan Diggs, but Brandon Ayuk is a guy that kind of has been hot and he's, He's a guy that can give me that explosion game to kind of balance out those two projections, but he hasn't been those last three weeks. And, um, I don't really know what the script of that Cincinnati game is going to be. Like you mentioned, they're going to be at home and, um, they've just played some bad football the last couple of weeks. And you're going to up against a Cincinnati team that still has a lot of questions, but I mean, Sam Darnold, it's Sam Darnold at the end of the day. So I just don't know what you're getting at your wide receivers. Uh, for san francisco john smith is just nothing i mean i he's he's been better but it seems like as soon as people started realizing how good jonathan
1: has been doing, i can't believe we I, we have a matchup with atlanta tight ends
0: wow that let's let's just hop over to run runners now how yeah. pits 6.9 uh nice. projection going up against john smith and i can't believe it either i don't know how it happens uh, a team that has been considered a fantasy uh, football wasteland is now being able to support two teams with two starting tight ends. Sure. I I don't think that's true, but that's just the state of the tight end, uh, yeah, tight end landscape. Curious.
1: I wish we could plug in um, these rosters and see what the what the stats are regarding how many teams in ESPN fantasy leagues have are going up against each other with. Kyle Pitts versus Jonu Smith. I can, I can almost guarantee you it's probably less than three percent of all fantasy teams. Or fantasy I can't imagine.
0: I can't imagine there's a lot of like sixteen team leagues out there. Yeah. Yeah. But um, okay, I brought us over here to Rum Runners. Who do you want to talk about?
1: Um. Yeah, looking at next team, I think with the trade of Tony P and kind of being able to use a couple players as far as, as plugging in, um, with Debo being out and hurt, um, Michael Pittman against the Saints. That will be a very interesting matchup because even after his game last week where he scored that big touchdown, he only had two targets, and he after the game was very much like, hey, like I, I should be a bigger part of this offense. I, I am a weapon. So we'll see if they get anything going there with him. But they go up against a good secondary with Marshawn Lattimore most likely going to be on him. You're looking at Devontae Adams against Detroit. Devontae once again has not really shown too much the last few weeks. Um, I will say I think it's mostly the quarterback play. Um, Travis Etienne has been awesome this uh, the last few weeks and so far just this year in general, and I think this continues against a Pittsburgh defense, although they are on the road. I do think Travis has shown that he is just getting that ball 15, 20 times a game and scoring touchdowns, which is what you want out of your running back. Everybody else, I will want to touch on one player that we talked about last week in which we weren't fans of, but digging into his stats a little bit more, Cortland Sutton is a touchdown machine this year. He has five touchdowns this year in seven weeks. Um, In one of those games, he had, Basically, was a bye week for him. He only had one catch for 13 yards. But besides that, you're looking at all weeks over nine points. And so I personally think that uh, you got to find a spot for him in your lineup, whether that is over Michael Pittman. I think Devontae Smith against Washington is a big, big-time matchup for Devonta. So I think that he's fine. And Devontae, I still would, of course, start him. But I, I personally think that I would start Cortland Sutton over Michael Pittman.
0: Uh, one matchup within the matchup that's interesting is uh earlier the first couple of weeks of the season, Team Mercier was always posed the question: Do I go with Joe Burrow, who has been struggling, or do I throw in a Kirk Cousins start of the year that was pretty hot? And uh, once Joe Burrow started to get healthy, there was some uh, roster spots that Team Mercier needed to make. She dropped Kirk Cousins. Kirk Cousins is now on Nick's team, and you talk about definitely he has he's rostering a couple of quarterbacks, and they're still decent quarterbacks, but you talk about what a perfect situation for run runners to the last couple weeks have a guy like Kirk cousins when you had a pretty decent start, a pretty consistent start out of Deshaun Watson and thinking that's going to be your quarterback. And then being able to just roll out Kirk cousins every week. Um, it's going to be, I don't know if this is a plus matchup, but I think any situation Kirk cousins with uh, his offense, just how that team likes to play through him having 45 attempts last week against San Francisco. Sure. Um, you're going to take that for any fantasy, especially even with Justin Jefferson out. You saw the, um, you saw the big week out of Jordan Addison. Mm-hmm. You got touchdown machines like TJ Hawkinson. You're, you're going to have options there. So I'm interested in seeing that matchup. Uh, I'd be interested if this is a close one to seeing if uh, run runners, once again, squeaks it out from uh, maybe a couple of yards of Kirk cousin running or, or a blown pass by Joe Burrow. But interesting there. I, do you
1: have something you want to hop in on? No, I was just gonna say with Kirk Cousins throwing the ball so much, he's still a fantasy. I think a top ten fantasy quarterback, no matter what. It was very interesting to see Sam drop him over someone like Matt Stafford. Um, I'm I'm just not sure why Kirk was dropped. Um, and you know, good on Nick for picking up a quarterback because Deshaun Watson's definitely not it. I don't even know why he has Deshaun Watson still because Baker Mayfield is better than Deshaun Watson when it comes to fantasy. And just, I think, in general anyway. So um, solidified, I think, Nick's quarterback position for sure with Kirk. And, and I do think that's a good spot with him. Green Bay's defense has not shown much this year. They've been kind of disappointing. Um, and Nick has a good team, but I, I personally don't think this is a squeaker. I think Sam struggles to score 100 points again, especially with the Stephon Diggs kind of output. Um, and I think she struggles to score 100 while Nick – Probably gets to that 110, 115 mark.
0: Yeah, I I think it's difficult for Team Mercier to find roster spots to keep kind of high end quarterbacks when she currently is rostering four tight ends <laughs> with John Smith, Taysom Hill, and on her IR both IR spots. Most leagues don't have. I feel like IR spots are like not something that, that's given. Like more mostly she have like one. We have two. But she is utilizing both her IR spots with Pat Fryermuth and Zach Ertz. So um, Rum Runners, Rum Runners is going to win this matchup. 96 points almost seems like a stretch. But any big outing from Joe Burrow and just Cincinnati in general, I do see this as a game. Maybe, just maybe it's T. Higgins time. Um, I think coming out of the bye, he is a huge focal point in that offense and I think maybe this bye week was the perfect uh remedy and getting on the road maybe a perfect remedy for him to get back to it. Um, sure. I see him hitting projections, especially with that leaky San Francisco offense uh, or a defense excuse me. yeah I will say yeah.
1: about the defense really quick is like the the one part that they're kind of susceptible to is the pass um, yeah with you know seeing Jordan Addison just rip balls away from their defenders. I mean, Mari Cooper, I think the week before in like terrible conditions had like four catches for like 110 yards. So the, the, the defense of the Niners, their past defense has been bad. I am worried about Joe, Joe Mixon and seeing, I don't think he's going to have a good game. Perhaps he gets into the end zone and it's a little bit higher scoring than we have originally thought, but yeah, I I could see that with T. Um, I can also see Jamar chase having a big game too. And like him being the only one. Um that, yeah. you know, goes off.
0: Yeah. I mean, and what a bummer each and every week when that does happen when Team Mercier has Cincinnati Bengals literally cornered with with players. But yeah, I think that's the only way she got a chance in this matchup. I'm gonna say it does not happen, uh, to the effect that um she has enough points to take over run runners. Cause I think run runners just has the better team. I love Travis Etienne. I um Devonte, you're you're almost banking on projections, even though he's been struggling. As late, Jimmy G's back in practice. I don't know if he's going to be starting, and giving that backfield or giving that quarterback room. Even Jimmy G is a godsend for uh, Devonte Adam owners. So I like Rum Runners this week. I think he wins. I still think it's going to be close though. It's going to be close, but I think I'm going to take Rum Runners.
1: All right, our next matchup we will be discussing is – wait, can you – do you hear that? No, I can't hear that. What is it? I I hear Adam Thielen running in to the starting lineup, back in Steph's team. Our favorite player oh in fantasy, Adam Thielen, and his Carolina Panthers bandana head wrap that I'm looking at right now. Ranked number seven overall this year in fantasy. Insane. Now we (coughs) like to talk about when we're right. And I believe we've been right on, you know, we'll give the Adam Thielen, um, and we'll even give the Deontay Foreman to you from last week. So two of the three players that we played, where do they play early this preseason? And we talked about have hit this year in fantasy, um, players that have hit on Steph's team this year, Adam Thielen being one, there needs to be consistency for this team in order for this team to win. The Patrick Mahomes that we've seen over the course of the early season, the beginning of the year wasn't enough. It's been better as of late, especially last week. You're looking at someone like an Austin Eckler who has shown none of that consistency this year. Uh, DJ Moore last week that kind of contributed um, the last couple weeks after dropping essentially four straight pretty good weeks, especially that one where he dropped 50 points, of course. Somehow, some way, Dallas Goddard has been a consistent tight end. So, Steph is kind of riding that roller coaster right now of trying to find that consistency. Sometimes uh, her team is way up, sometimes her team is way down. So, Tough week last week with Steph and losing that close one to Nick. Um, but when you look in Steph's team and you see these players, we think they're good on the surface. Are there any that you think this week regarding matchups that you're a fan of?
0: I, I, you know, what Cooper Cuffs matchup proof, I know I have some questions and I do agree on your sentiment that I see this being an offense or, um, I think the Rams offense is just going to get mauled just by that pass rush it's just that's a thing that they've always struggled against um gone on the days of Andrew Whitworth we're getting guys that are just young pups and it's gonna be a game where that that offense is gonna be under duress but I still I'm still confident that Cooper Cup will hit projections I I have that blind faith every week um I don't know much I don't know much about uh Washington's uh middle linebackers or safeties that are recovering Dallas Goddard. But Dallas Goddard, we talked about he's he's kind of pivoted, uh top six tight end. This is coming off weeks where he had five, three, and six. So I think he's always gonna be a plus matchup every week. You touch on Austin Eckler and um I, when I had that whole preamble about Brandon Ayuk, we have these uh perceptions of players and Austin awesome. Eckler is definitely that guy It's like, yeah, he's a good runner. He's a good running back. But like, see so how many catches that he gets? Like he gets like seven, eight catches. It's not the case. I mean, he's been banked up. We're only looking at a three three game sample, but um four catches. I mean, that's still a lot for a running back. There's still, um, there's still probably plenty of running backs so that you would beg for them to have four catches. But even last week, in a game, a highly offensive game when when teams were scoring, both uh Chargers and KC, only one catch. So you're pretty much relying everything on the ground at this point with Austin Eckler. And while the bears are this kind of mediocre two and five team that we all don't take seriously. Um, they're only allowing 82 yards in the ground this
1: year. It's not a defense the has been much better as of late.
0: Yeah. So this isn't the walk in the park matchup. This isn't, um, this isn't really game script like positive for Austin Eckler. I still see, can't, I still see the chargers winning this game. I see them beating them. Maybe it's like a touchdown lead for the whole game but that's gonna be a game where they're gonna be running the ball and like you mentioned jake we're seeing a plus a better defense as of late and we're seeing a team that even in these games where they're getting blown out i mean we think to the uh the game against kansas city where they lost by like a million points you still gotta play defense even when you're down all that scores and most of the time teams are running the ball so you're getting extra attempts you're getting extra attempts at teams running on you 82, and a half, 82 yards per game. That's that's a good defense. Mm-hmm. So, big questions with Austin Eckler, especially when he's supposed to be one of those guys that you're set and forget it. You have, you're have you hoping more for the big game. You're not expecting it, which is always tough when you got high-end uh, running backs like that. And overall on her team, though, besides the starting lineup, I'm rolling everyone out. Every week, she's going to be scratching her palms, thinking about Christian Kirk and how she can get him into the lineup. But... Can't take Adam Thielen out of the lineup. His red zone targets and just like his importance in the offense is just it's insane. And Carolina has been bad. Obviously, they haven't won a game yet, but they're kind of just like like so so in both like wider like, in both offense and defense. Like this isn't a team that's just terrible, like just terrible offensively. I mean, yeah. you got games with over three games over hundred yards with Adam Thielen. They're moving the ball so. Um, you're 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 not taking out the dealing out because there's gonna be red zone opportunities, yeah, especially against Houston. It's gonna be this might be a sneaky high game. Um, and then DJ Moore against Chargers. I mean, I don't DJ Moore. You still have questions. We got a new quarterback in last week. He only had uh he only had nine points, but he did have nine nine targets and eight catches. So that was always the thing that pissed me off about DJ Moore is you play the target game. And then you look at the catch, you look at the catches, or if you're watching the game, you're watching, you're seeing him catching a like a pass out of the flat, like not highly productive. So the yards have been there, especially last week with the new quarterback, and the tar- and the target usage and the catch catch usage is still there. So maybe he gets his Chargers defense. I don't know. I don't I don't watch Charger games. I just can't. Every time I watch Chargers game and I start getting invested, I just I think about you and I think about all these just broken hearted. Think about that. Oh yeah. You know, I mean, the the Asian ladies going on the TV, inside. like dead inside, dead inside. So, um, so I don't know. I don't really know. I don't have a lean on that game, but yeah, I just big faces, faces that we all know, but just big question marks. And that's just what it is with her team.
1: Yeah. I think out of anything, Austin Eckler, uh, I just want to touch on Austin Eckler and DJ Moore, and then we can move on to, to Phil's team. But, Austin Eckler was drafted for Steph in the first round based off of his catching ability. Yep. It was not based off of his running ability. And the offense has changed a little bit as Justin Herbert is now more just basically kind of robotic in the way that he's just throwing to the first read or throwing to the second read. He is not doing that classic improvisation, like somewhat like a Mahomes does, or like a Josh Allen does. And I think that's kind of hurt the chargers this year as he's just trying to go through the, then through his reads and he's just not dumping it off to Austin Eckler. Now Austin Eckler has been hurt as we have talked about. He missed those four weeks with a high ankle sprain. Uh, And so he's, I I do think he's still coming back from that. And I think it's going to take him a little bit of time, but once again, I don't care if it's the Bears. You are spot on. Their defense has played better. Unless Austin Eckler hits the end zone, he is not coming close to these projections. Um, I don't think that he's going to get enough yards on the ground, and I don't think he's going to get all those catches. I do, unless someone like now Josh Palmer has been kind of um, in and out of practice this week, and so if Josh Palmer can't go, Mike Williams is out for the year, Maybe they start turning to Austin Eckler. Maybe they start putting him into some slot formations and kind of using him as that, as a pass catcher. Um, Because Josh Kelly has had some good weeks this year um, and some bad weeks. But, you know, Austin Eckler is just – there hasn't been that rhythm for him this year. And um, so I'm still weary about Austin Eckler going forward. And I would still like a shame to apologize. Um, Going into the flex play, DJ Moore – the Chargers defense in the secondary has been abysmal this year. So I, um, I'm i okay with that start. It doesn't really matter to me if um, some guy named Tyler Bagent, or Bagent, whatever his name is, starts. Because <clears throat> I do think DJ Moore can have a good game. Um, and I think that there is a possibility for a touchdown in that game. I think this game is going to be low scoring um, because I do think as much as I just talked about how the Chargers' past defense has been terrible. Personally, with all of the just shit that people have talked about, Brandon Staley, which is completely warranted and it makes sense, I could see them having a good game defensively this week. It wouldn't shock me if they do a good job. Um, because a lot of those players are veterans. There has to be some pride that takes over. And it's just like, enough is enough. This is a rookie quarterback undrafted quarterback Um, and although I do think DJ Moore has a good game I think everybody else has bad games Um, I I don't I I don't see a run game really getting going with the Bears I don't see any of the other weapons really (coughs) doing that well and so I, I would be I would not be surprised if this is a low scoring game where the defense for the Chargers does show up so I don't know who else I would start over DJ Moore we talked about Christian Kirk I think that's the only one where I do think it's possibility. I think you need to wait to see what Tank Dell looks like for a couple weeks until you start you know, feeling comfortable with plugging him in. We're fans of Tank Dell. We think he's a good player. But coming off an injury and a bye, you kind of want to wait and see what he can do.
0: And you talk about rhythm with Eckler and just him needing it. One guy that needs to continue his rhythm for Phil's team is Jameer Gibbs. Backfield himself again this week going against the Vegas Raiders defense and that's while there's some there's definitely teams that you target certain positions that we, we always I feel like we're always talking about San Francisco's uh, pass defense. One team that you target for fancy owners is the Vegas, the Vegas uh, rush defense just gets eaten alive. Um, my boy uh, Deontay showed that last week and Jameer Gibbs is a much better player. Detroit coming off a pretty brutal loss. Um, uh, and this good bounce back game being at home, Shamir Gibbs is, is definitely going to be a great option. And I never ever believe the percentages that they give you, but I'm just curious looking at the stats before I hopped on. Uh, the IBM Watson has it at 29% chance at 23 points as a boo. So th- that's what you need. Uh, CJ Stroud's back. CJ Stroud, I think uh, last couple weeks sub outings, uh, 14 14.1 in both outings crazy identical points it's almost like identical stats hmm. but um coming off a bye going up against carolina i think it's gonna be a high scoring game um honestly i'm just i'm quickly glancing at the schedule and cj stroud might be an option the rest of the season for phil which is sad because his team's called law dogs and law dogs finally started shifting it uh, a little bit around uh with his performance and coming off an 18 point form against new orleans and offense being better but i like cj stroud here i like cj stroud the rest of the season um Before we opt on, I was I was talking about Kenneth Walker and uh glad that he was gonna have a little bit of run, but you mentioned it non-participant this past Thursday. Well, today's Thursday. I don't know why I said past Thursday, but this past practice. So there's some question marks in with that. But good thing Phil's got Zach Charbonnet. Might pay off one of these times, Jake. It might finally um,
1: pay off.
0: It might finally. Um and then rounding out his roster, just the same usual cast. We got Amon Rossney Brown against that Vegas matchup, like I mentioned. Mark Andrews coming off a two touchdown outing, It's going up against those pesky Arizona Cardinals. I don't know if they're pesky anymore, but I feel like you just call them that. But uh, and then Sam Laporte as well. I mean, it's, I guess we almost have that we have the same amount of players, same amount of Detroit players on Phil's team as Sam does Bengal players, but. <laughs> Um at least it's a plus matchup for Detroit.
1: Yeah, um, Phil's rolling out a solid squad this week, and I've talked about this with Phil's team, is that I've always liked his players. He just can't seem to get wins with them. Um, and this is what happened last year, too. Uh, last year, um, I know Saquon was a part of the team, and there were a couple other guys. I can't think off the top of my head right now who they were, but remember... <coughs> Excuse me, just being like, why doesn't this team have more wins? And I personally believe it has to do with Phil's inability to let go of the handcuffs and just not draft them and try to build out some depth. So, um, once again, though, a two, two tight end set for the law dogs. Um, and uh, you know, these two have good matchups, um, but. You know, let me look very quickly here when it comes to tight ends. I want everyone to listen to this. So when it comes to tight ends, it's always good to look and see and just look at flex overall Um, and type in all and you go to flex and you look at the points, click on the points. Travis Kelsey right now is basically in the Kenneth Walker and Jamar Chase Adam Thielen area, right? To talk about someone like Mark Andrews, he's basically James Cook, right? Is that, is that where you – that's a good, I guess, a solid tight end. Now, Sam Laporta is in the Terry McLaurin. So you're essentially starting James Cook and Terry McLaurin to your fantasy squad. Your flex play, and I know that Phillips is starting Terry McLaurin. <laughs> I was going to say, wait, hold up. <laughs> However, Phillips' team is not good. And I think he can tell you that he doesn't have a good team. I would not want to start Terry McLaurin any time, even as a flex play. I'm looking at some other players around him. You know, TJ Hawkinson is in Zay Flowers, Josh Downs, right? Like, tight ends are really hard to come by. So if you have one and it's a top five, that's great. If you have two, I am not starting that second tight end. But Phil doesn't really have any other choice because he's stubborn. He's unable to trade. And so going forward it's hard for me to pick Phil's team when he has two tight ends starting on his team.
0: I'm going with the law dogs in this matchup and I, I blew it I you called me out because I was telling Jake before I was like, hey you might be surprised when I'm picking this week so he's like so you're going with the law dogs and yeah I tried hiding it but I can't um I'm going with the law Dogs. it's a plus matchup I mean I would um, I would perceive the Vegas to be a team that is giving up points. I think the uh, the Detroit team throws the ball. I think they're going to continue to throw the ball with Jared Goff in this um, and his offense. And Sam Laporta, I would take I would take I would be ha- I would be happy with a uh, scary Terry as my flex option in a perceived matchup a good matchup. So um, I get you your point though. I think. Uh, there's definitely better options out there. I think Phil was a little too late. I saw, I believe. We're gonna go to our matchup next. And I think you have Josh Downs. So like that was definitely for free,
1: better. For huh? absolutely free. I picked him yeah. up one bid for him. So thanks for giving me a good player, everyone.
0: Yeah. So I think uh I think that there were better options out there that I think Josh Downs, I think everyone's sleeping on. You've been you've been sounding that horn for a while. But I think there's some familiarity with with Law Dogs uh, lineup. Um it's not like he's hidden stinker of a week's hidden 80, 90 points. The teams been putting up points. Um, I feel like he's been kind of close in these matchups. I think this week he's got a good he's got a good lineup. What I talked about, we didn't even talk about Ramondre Stevenson. Even against Miami, he's just not an interesting running back. He's not a guy. I feel like he's a guy that kind of scrapes towards that projection line of 12. We talked about that matchup with Austin Eckler, and kind of what, what we're thinking out of that Chargers-Chicago uh, game. I just uh, I see Law Dogs getting to that 118 number before Steph, so I'm taking the Law Dogs. I am Hopefully he gets out of last place with this win.
1: Well, if he gets out of last place with this win, you're most likely going to have to supplant him in 10th. You're most likely will get there with your loss against me this week. But um, I'll take Steph's team. I, I'm not entirely comfortable picking her team. But I just I just feel like she has the better players. You know, Patrick Mahomes 25 points projected is a lot. Um, but I think he can definitely build off of what basically he uh, what he had against the Chargers last week. He did just play Denver a couple weeks ago at home and only scored 17 points. Um, but I do think that you know seeing him, work other weapons in like a Rasheed Rice um and of course Travis Kelsey um MVS having a big catch last um last week. So yeah, I do think Patrick Mahomes uh, has has around his projections. You know, Cooper Cup and Adam Thielen. I could see Cooper Cup getting some garbage time points in this matchup. Um I could see the Rams being down and just trying like maybe down by 10 with two to three minutes left and just Dallas playing that you know, drop back and just letting Cooper Cup kind of, you know, come down the field um, with Puka. So I'll take Steph's team. I wouldn't be surprised. I do I do think the DJ Moore play is fine, but I, I really wouldn't be surprised if she puts in Christian Kirk instead. Um, but, yeah, give me House Chargarian um, to get back on track and for Phil to to keep his last place.
0: the last matchup in this episode we'd like to highlight the matchup of the week and this is a special one it's the first one i believe the way that the schedule shapes out potentially the only one uh the cat hashtag nine lives going up against alvin and the chipmunks a couple podcast hosts mixing it up mm-hmm. and um i think the cat wins at the end of the episode thank you everyone for listening and that is it
1: play naji you coward
0: I will not play Najee Harris in this matchup. It's, um, it's killing every bone in my body not to play Deontay Foreman in this matchup. Um, he was buried in Phil's IR spot, but Roshan Johnson is healthy. He's at practice. He's going to be starting, which sucks. I want to play Deontay so bad. But I got a lot of, like, running back options. I mean, I have, like, a lot of these, like, meddling, uh, C-tier. like— C tier, C tier with like the potential of like putting out, yeah, which is fine. I mean, I the running back spot. I just got a lot of like middling twelve point projections. Like, I got uh, Derrick Henry right now in that second spot that I've that I'm kind of questioning about Derrick Henry um, at home against Atlanta, potentially the last game for uh, Derrick Henry in uh, Tennessee. So definitely interesting and and as the trade deadline. I believe comes up next Tuesday, Jake.
1: Am I correct there? Yeah, I think it's on Halloween.
0: Yeah. Um, when that deadline comes on Tuesday, uh, you got when you got like a really good asset on a bad team. Um, guys like Derrick Henry, it almost seems like they're safe, but as he's getting, as he just hit that thirty-year-old window, um, this uh, is when you
1: start. I think he's getting dealt. I think this is the team and the Titans that have to look in the mirror and be like, "We are just not good anymore." And we need to just get as many draft picks as possible. Now, NFL trades—they are definitely not what people think. Um, The Titans just traded their like all-pro safety to the Eagles for a fifth and a sixth-round draft pick. Yeah, which, like, I personally think that's nothing. But NFL teams for some reason just don't give up a lot of draft capital. Um, If I were you, I am hoping Derrick Henry gets the hell out of Tennessee. Because yeah, not, no, definitely. Not only is he probably going to go to a contender, but that's going to open up Taiji Spears to be the running back that you have on the bench to be the number one in Tennessee. So you're basically getting yeah. two very good options. You know, I read that Derrick Henry, the most likely landing spot, is the Baltimore Ravens, which I love. I, I would love that. Fit. I think that would take away a little bit of me with with Lamar yeah. Jackson getting some. Um, rushing touchdowns, but I also do think that would open up some receiving opportunities um, and, uh, sorry, some passing throws, some passing touchdowns for Lamar yeah. as well because I think sometimes teams tend to really stack the box against Derrick Henry, especially over the last few years with just the atrocious play by Ryan Tannehill and other quarterbacks that Derrick has had to really deal with, Marcus Mariota. So, um, yeah, I think that would be very interesting. Um, but looking at this week... We'll say a good start for you with Chris Godwin, and you had texted me um, after he scored the touchdown. This is what you've been waiting for, but and and I quickly quipped back. Um, at, I mean, at the end of the game, and at, when when I got on here to discuss some of the things for, through sports tonight, that you jinxed him because not only did Chris Godwin, I believe he had uh 14.2 points or something to that effect it was like 13 but yeah it was high at halftime and then he only ended up with another two points um after the half so you know sometimes we just have to wait and be patient and then because i think you know personally if you wouldn't have said anything you probably would have had a dj Moore game
0: uh maybe i i mean what i was most excited about Chris would have for sure cotton
1: that, that uh that yeah, hell would he would, mary
0: yeah um, Chris Godwin, just getting him seeing Pater. Um, that's all I needed, so I was happy. Yeah, I may have jinxed myself. I've been prone to that. But one guy, as of late, who I haven't had to worry as much about tight end or uh, touchdowns with Chris Godwin is Jordan Addison. Now, obviously, being hyperbolic here, coming off a big, big win against Trey, and really it came on the back of Jordan Addison with his two touchdowns, 123 yards, almost a thirty burger. But you add those two points to the equation. The guy's had um, touchdowns in the last three, mm-hmm. and he's had seven, no, six out of the last seven, these first seven weeks. So he's a guy that's scoring touchdowns. He's, uh, I'm hoping now that we're, this is our third game without Justin Jefferson, and after the big, uh, big role that he had in the win over San Francisco, that in this Green Bay matchup, which is a perceived. Perceived worst team defensively, worst team in general. But um, I just hope Jordan Addison continues to eat. There's always going to be the threat of TJ Hawks when it comes to touchdowns. But we're looking at six touchdowns over seven games um, where I thought Jord- this would be Jordan Addison's weakness, um, him cashing in on these touchdowns or having this uh, high volatility. But what I see out of the offense with or without Justin Jefferson, it's just touchdowns. and. Flip flop, I look at Jalen Waddle on my team who banged up. He got knocked out of the game early with that back injury. Came back. He's still healthy, was still limited in practice this week. Um, there was some high amount of optimism. Um, not that I'm rooting for injuries, but I just want everyone to be safe. But uh, Tyreek Hill um, banged up with his hip, but he came out with the quote that he's going to be fine, ready to go. Takes a little hit on Jalen Waddle, but Jalen Waddle needs to start cashing on touchdowns. We only has two touchdowns on the year and he's kind of the inverse, Jordan Addison. You're looking for touchdowns. You don't, Um, he's the inverse. You feel like I'm cashing in on touchdowns due to high target volumes. Target volume has been all over the place this year. I'm seeing more averages to the five and six than I am the nine and 10. Um, Maybe this is a situation going against New England that Miami has had success on. Um, Tyreek Hill's kind of, uh, has a tongue inside of his mouth saying that he's healthy and fine, but maybe that's all a tactic. And maybe Jalen Waddle's the most healthy one in that situation. But I mean, shouldn't be talking about a person's health. It's just yeah, rude of me.
1: Take the tinfoil hat off. Um, I, uh, well, Jalen Waddle has been a big disappointment this year. Um, yeah. In general A 36th ranked wide receiver last year. He was a top 10. I remember for the first half of last year, while Tua was healthy. Um, both him and Tyreek Hill were both top five wide receivers in the league. And that was looking like an offense that was unbeatable. Now, of course, this year they are more balanced. It's basically Tyreek and then the two running backs that they have that have really kind of taken off. Jalen Waddell has kind of become this like forgotten piece to the offense. I still think that, of course, the talent is still there, but it's just been a weird, weird year for him. Um, And going up against New England and them having good corners – I'm not sure what I'm going to get from Jalen Waddle this week. Um, And I just think it's something to look at going forward is what am I going to get from him?
0: Yeah. um, And I had a couple of guys just like that on my team. Um, Godwin was one of them. Luckily, cash. what am I going to get out of George Kittle? He has the fatal uh, always consistent trend right now. The every other uh, going back from week Three on to week seven. We got 12, 1, 26, 10. So what am I getting out of him? And really um, killed me. Absolutely killed me. It was right at the start of kickoff. And I was making dinner. And then I'm like, did I start Chris Godwin? And I went in there and I and I checked. And then not only I'm like, oh, I started him. Maybe I was still thinking. I wasn't sure. But it killed me killed me that I haven't been my flex spot because that severely limits me now going in now. I mean, nothing's crazy going to happen, but if I get an injury, to so say Jalen Waddle, um, I'm, I'm I'm, I'm, just, I'm limited. I'm just that, that lack of flexibility I have now heading to this week with anything that can happen. We see the Friday injury reports that always come up that can really sure. put a screw in, uh, screwing your plan. And, me not me not checking to see, A, if Chris Godwin was in my lineup this weekend. I'm talking like this was a victory lap for me that I threw him in there. for forgot. Mm-hmm. And me not double checking to not have him in my flex spot. So I don't think, and I know you don't think, that's going to be a big deal because you're expecting a big outing from your team. But it's little stuff like that about screwing up your like lineup about where you're positioning them and locking out your flex spot can cost you. So I'm hoping nothing happens. Fingers crossed. I'm cross. I'm knocking on wood. Nothing happens to my lineup. So I don't have to make these like maybe complicated decisions as I'm heading into any, I guess all my games are at 10. So it's really not that much that can go that, that haywire where I'm like losing unlimited amount of teams, but Mm -hmm. um, just stupid stuff like that. I mean, I'm a, fantasy football veteran. I know this. I tell all these like new people that play fantasy football about Thursday night football. Don't put them in the flex spot. But here I am just being a rookie. You know what I think it is. I think it's because this is a big week for me. I'm going against my podcast host. Yeah. Marty am already um, I, and I'm, uh, I'm going against a stack lineup.
1: You are. Um, and not only is it a stacked lineup, I'm just looking at my bench, too, where I'm like, I don't know. Some of these plays, like, do I play here? Do I go here? But I think overall my team, which dropped 170 points last week, um, of course I'm not expecting that whatsoever. But, but I, 150 would be nice, right? I mean, yeah, we'll I, we'll take that. Um, but we're looking at plus matchups this week. And, and going through Lamar against Arizona, Um, I do even like, even though they're on the road, I like it being indoors. I like him being able to run. Um, That is, uh, we talked about it being a pesky Arizona Cardinals. I do think their defense is fast in the way that they move. Not saying that they're good, but I feel like they do have some guys that can chase Lamar down here and there. Um, So I'm not expecting a crazy 34 point performance that he, like he had last week. Um, But I like the way that he's been playing. Um, and they've been moving the ball very efficiently into the red zone. It's just whether or not they've been able to cash those red zone uh, touchdowns in. So we'll see if that continues. Alvin Kamara against Indy. Kamara is the check down king this year, Um, and he, I mean, what do you have, 15 catches, 12 catches last week? Um, He had 12 catches for 90 yards. So that's insane for a running back. Even a wide receiver, that's insane. Um, so, I mean, he's going up against a not great defense in the Colts, especially on the running side. Um, Garrett Wilson is someone that I think after the buy, I'm still not sure what I'm getting from him on a, on a weekly basis. But right now, if Garrett Wilson is basically my weak link, I'm extremely confident in my team. AJ Brown, I really think that trade alone has really kind of, solidified a number one wide receiver for my squad. I like the love that matchup against Manders, Travis Kelsey against Denver, Denver struggles against tight ends. Love that matchup. Um, Jonathan Taylor. That's one where I'm, I'm we'll see. Um, I did not, I didn't start him last week and then he went off and had 19 points. Um, that was a very strange game. in the way that that game kind of unfolded, who knows if that's going to happen, um, against the Saints, I do like that it's at home, um, so they don't have to play in the Dome in New Orleans. Um, but, you know, I have to go with the guy that's going to be getting 15 carries at least. Um, last week, he had 18 against a good Cleveland defense, and he had 72 yards. And so if I can get that on a touchdown, I'll be completely fine with that, um, <coughs> especially in that flex play. And then looking at some of my, uh, you know, people in my lineup, Rasheed Rice has been playing well lately, but I just don't feel comfortable starting him over Jonathan Taylor this week. Mari Cooper, I would love for him to start doing some stuff because I still think he's got that talent. That's just a weird offense. Josh Downs, uh, George Pickens has been pretty solid this year too. I just, I feel like I have these embarrassment of riches, but I feel like this team that I have in now is my team the rest of the season.
0: Well, we're not talking seasons here, Jake. We're talking matchups. Are you taking your team or what?
1: You're not going to give any input on this
0: glory? I don't care. No, I don't want to, like... I slobbed all over my team. You slobbed all over your team. Uh, I'll give some
1: input to Jalen Waddell and how big of a disappointment he was this year. I wonder who traded Jalen Waddell to you.
0: I think... I think Lamar is going to have the greatest game of his career. Alvin Kamara is going to have 17 catches. Oh, here I
1: know. All right, we get what you're doing here. You're just going to be saying all this stuff just for me to drop 75 points against you. Um, I'm going to take my team because I think my team right now, um, I just, I have the players. They just have to perform. That's it. And I don't think in fantasy, sometimes that works and sometimes that doesn't. We've looked at teams in our league um, and if you were to tell me before the season that Raheem Mostert has more points than Tony Pollard, I'd think that you would be addicted to crack. Um, <laughs> so I, you know, we don't know what a lot of these players are going to do on any given Sunday, but nice. we know, but I, but I will say is that I love my team and I think my team is, has the players. They just, we got to see if they can actually score the points, but I'm going to take my team.
0: I'll give you some like actual praise. Yeah. Johnson Taylor. That's what I'm most excited about with your team. New Orleans, um, New Orleans really hasn't played anyone good this year. And their defense is probably the shining point because their offense is so bad, but this still is a very susceptible defense. And my issue with them is they never really got the pass rush. Um, they're kind of just mid mid right now. You're a couple of weeks now removed where there's no, there's no doubt about it that if there is a like talent discrepancy or if there's a better feeling in the room uh, in Indianapolis that John Taylor is their guy for the rest of the season, yeah. it's kind of put up or shut up time that right now. There's no more excuse about him getting integrated back into this offense. He's walking in not, uh, to a good matchup against New Orleans. So I, I definitely see this as going to be that get right game. I mean, you put up 170 last week. John Taylor has gotten better each each and every week. But I think uh, third time's a charm at home against New Orleans. Um I, I really like him this week, and I, um, I'm going with your team, Jake. I, I, as much as I have confidence in my team and starting out with 15 points with Chris Goblin, definitely has some room for optimism, but, um, yeah, your team's just a wagon, an absolute wagon. Um, I see a lot of touchdowns. I see a lot of opportunities. Alan Kamara can probably get two touchdowns worth just in catches alone, which we've seen all this season. Lamar, I like your analysis on uh Lamar being in the dome. I think it's gonna be a positive for uh, kind of anyone. And he's just on another level. I they mentioned it, and they mentioned it in the Ravens cast against the Lions last week. There's teams that just struggle going up against running quarterbacks because they probably just don't see him that often. And Lamar's on this another level where he's not only just this normal running quarterback that Sometimes teams that don't play them enough, or like with with in their division, or or whatnot. I mean, we think about the Rams. We think about uh, where's on the plays they're playing. Statue with Brock Purdy, Matt Stafford, and um, now Geno Smith. So I I just see Baltimore blitzing them, and how 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 they've been doing so far these last actually these last couple weeks. Mm-hmm. So I just see big outings out of your team. You get the better players, I think. Um, I think 110, what it's projected me at. I think that's gonna be around where I'm at. I think I give myself say a like a 10 point window. I'm always susceptible, um, creeping back under that 100 yard or 100 point marker that I've just struggled to be at all this year, besides last week. But I I think 110 is about right. But uh, I think your team puts it together, goes out and does its job. But, and i think takes the victory over
1: me yeah i i think getting back to back 100 point weeks for you and i'm not trying to say this even though i've kind of killed your team off already i think actually that is it's a big positive for your team because it just hasn't been there all year um as far as like consistently breaking 100 points um scoring a hundred and was it 30 or 40 140
0: 140
1: Forty, yeah, 130, yeah. Uh yeah. So last week, you know, putting up 130, 140, whatever it was, um just to just to kind of prove that that just wasn't like a one-time thing, right? So just really being able to accrue those points and you know, even hypothetically, if you were to lose this week, still scoring points, and we talk about this every single week, is it super important for tiebreakers? So being able to score 100, 110. Because there are some teams in this league that are going to be fighting for that sixth spot that kind of consistently have put up 75, 85, maybe even a 90 every other other week. And so scoring these points, um, especially because your team didn't score them in the first four to five weeks, scoring them now and kind of turning it back on with perhaps someone like a Jordan Addison um, and perhaps getting, you know, a better production out of Saquon and Derrick Henry um, is going to be important. But I cannot wait for this to come down to Jared Goff needing like 33 points in a Monday night game.
0: And I'm going to be texting you with optimism. And, yeah, you mentioned points. Points, 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 win or loss. And this is a big matchup. I mean, we're right now, uh, you're in fifth place, I'm in seventh place. That means I think believe Steph is in between us because I think she outscored me and I think she's three and four. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, still early and on, that's not going to decide the playoffs or who gets in. But I think for both of us starting out the year behind the eight ball, I don't think either of us has been – either 500 or above at any point so far of the season. So this is it. kind of the narratives that are going to be asked in this matchup is Alvin, and the chipmunks who literally recreated his roster and it's got a, like a beast of a roster. Is he a full, is he ascending? Is he was last week on an apparition or is it going to be something of a consistent powerhouse in this league? And then you got teams like mine who have just not been able to show up Had a big week last week with 139. Is it for real? Or is it what they call like the stock market, the dead cat bounce? It's when a stock is plummeting. But there's just this short little blimp that gives you a hope for optimism. But eventually, all things lead to the bottom. And when it comes to this matchup against you, and I need 129 points potentially, while you were talking, I had to go to the waiver wire and make a a free agent acquisition. Cameron Dicker. Dicker the kicker. Yeah, good luck. Yeah. And good luck to you, Jake. It's going to be a tough matchup, but um, we're both taking your tea.
1: All right. I have to face the music. Baki's bets last week was trash. Absolute trash. 0-3. First losing week. Of the season. We'll get into the picks here um, and Baki's bets. As I said, 0 3, the first losing week, just not necessarily torpedoing the record. Uh, like, do you have another record on you? Nope, not at all, Jake. That's it. Uh, I believe I was 13 and 7. Uh, going, and we're 13-7. Yeah, so Here I was going there. into 13-7. and seven, So now we are 13-10, and 10, um, and we can go over those games. As a couple of those, I will say one of them didn't stand a chance. The Buffalo Bills, and we saw this tonight as well, just cannot cover a game to save their lives. Their defense has been atrocious as of late. Offense kind of inefficient. They played the New England Patriots last week, and the Patriots actually knocked them off, beating the Bills 29-25. Bills were supposed seven-and-a-half-point favorites and just completely losing outright. Second game, which I will say looked dead in the first quarter, looked dead in the first half. Ravens-Lions over-under, I believe it was 43-and-a-half. 28 points scored by the Ravens, but guess what, in the first half. But guess what, the Lions, zero. So what I knew what was gonna happen was that if I could keep a low scoring third quarter, I have a shot, which that's exactly what had happened. Now, Ravens, they were winning 35 to zero going into the fourth quarter. Basically just couldn't allow two scores. And what ended up happening were the Lions scoring a touchdown in the fourth. And for some reason, Dan the Man Campbell, down 29 points with six minutes left to play, decided to onside kick. Look, Dan, you're not coming back down 29 points with six minutes. Did an onside kick. The Ravens had two first downs. Justin Tucker, easy field goal. I lose by 0.5. Third and final game of the evening. Eagles at Dolphins over under was at 52 and a half. This one looked pretty good the entire way, but then the fourth quarter came and oh boy, did the fourth quarter screw over a lot of people. Seven points only scored in the fourth. It was 24 to 17 going into the fourth. Eagles scored a quick touchdown, nothing the rest of the way. Now, this one had a chance. If DeAndre Swift would have just kept on running into the end zone instead of getting tackled inside the two minute warning, or sorry, right around the two minute warning on the five, he would have cashed. But unfortunately, the Eagles win 31 to 17, 48 points scored, did not hit the over. So, What they say is, if you lose all your bets, double it the next week. We are doing six plays this week for Baki's bets. Oh my
0: God. We are
1: not stopping. We are only going to continue and we're going to win this week. First game Rams at the Cowboys. I don't know if the Rams are going to score too many points. And I also don't know if the Cowboys are going to score too many points. I personally think 45 and a half, a little too rich for my taste. I think both defenses are good. I will say if there is a defensive touchdown or two in here, I'm probably screwed. But I don't know if the offenses can get to 45 and a half. I think the Rams are going to struggle to throw the ball. I think they're going to struggle to run the ball. I do think the Rams defense has improved But I'm still not sold on the Cowboys offense. So give me the under Rams-Cowboys, 45 and a half. Next one, Vikings at the Packers. Blake loves this expression. This is not your father's Packers. This team stinks. And this team, I don't care. I do not think that there is any home advantage with this Packers team. This Vikings team Watching them the last couple weeks, I think they're building on something here. A little scared of the Dan Campbell Coach of the Year because who knows if the Vikings can start creeping up on the Lions for that NFC North title. This game, though, the Vikings this year, 2-1 and one on the road. The Packers, I'm not trusting Jordan Love. I do think the Vikings' defense has kind of come alive a little bit, and I do think they've been playing better. Vikings... Although they're missing Justin Jefferson, I think they have enough weapons and I think Kirk Cousins has a good game against the Packers. Give me Minnesota minus one and a half. Next matchup. This one is going to be one that takes me back a few weeks ago while we were sitting in Vegas. Watching the Washington Commanders score some points on the Philadelphia Eagles had me confused. I didn't understand it. However, Eagles are gonna score on this commander's defense. There is no doubt about it. I'm a little weary with Sam Howell and them scoring points, but I do think at home, the commanders can score some points against the Eagles. 43 and a half, I like that number. Give me the over, Eagles, commanders, 43 and a half. Big game by the Eagles. I can see them scoring 30 plus points by themselves. And I do think the Commanders have enough to where they can score 14 to 17 points. Fourth game. This one's a parlay. This is the first Bucky's Bets parlay that we have done. Two teams. Two teams what the hell are we win, doing here? Okay? Jacksonville Jaguars money line against the Pittsburgh Steelers. I love the way the Jags have been playing lately. They're three 3-0 on the road. I don't get the Steelers. I don't think they're a good football team. Mike Tomlin, however, is a hell of a coach. I feel like he is the only reason why this team has been doing anything lately. But give me the Jags money line on the road. And then give me the Texans money line on the road against the Panthers. So that's Jags and Texans money line. That is plus 165. If you were to put $100 down, you would win $165 off that $100 bet. Okay, so... Jags, Texans money line, Texans coming off a buy, Panthers also off a buy. However, Blake and I are both in agreement where we don't think the Panthers are that bad of a team, especially what their record indicates, but I love the way that the Texans are playing this year. I do think they have a good, solid defense, and I don't think Carolina is going to be able to move the ball too much on them, but I do think that their offense has been much better. Give me C.J. Stroud off that buy. We'll see what they got. Texans money line, Jags money line combined, plus 165 to team parlay. My second to last pick, we got two picks to go.
0: Oh my Chiefs God.
1: Broncos. All I'm going to say is give me the Chiefs minus six and a half. Buy it down a little bit. It's at seven right now. Buy it down. We'll put it in the graphics. It's be about minus 120, which means you put 100 bucks down. So oh, you have to put 120 bucks down to win 100. So you're just going to buy that half a point. So you're not going to you know, push. I don't like pushes. It's minus six and a half. Chiefs, just give them to me. Last but not least, we talked about this in the matchups earlier. Sunday night, Bears, Chargers. 46 and a half points seems like a lot. The Bears, they haven't necessarily scored a lot. They played a bad defense last week. Chargers don't have the best defense. But they have a better run defense. And I feel like that's what the Bears are going to try and do is run the ball. Chargers, much improved on the run defense this year. Chargers' offense, though, a little banged up, not looking great. And we talked about how the Bears have a good run defense. So give me the Bears, Chargers, Sunday night primetime, 46 and a half. What a primetime game that is! 46 and a half under. Do I need to re, re- go, go through these picks again just for the for the crowd?
0: Yeah, I mean you did like eight teams, Rams, up <laughs> the
1: Rams, cowboys under 45 and a half. That is game one. Vikings, Packers, uh, Vikings, minus one and a half, that is game two. Jags, Texans, money line both, party those together. That is game three. Eagles, Commanders, over 43.5. That is game four. Chiefs, minus six and a half, that is game five. And Bears, Chargers, under 46.5. That is game six.
0: I swear Jake thinks that um, I just run our social media for the uh, for my job now. Because, God, that's going to be a mess of a, of a thing. But, I mean, I'm, you're 0-3 last week. I know that's completely uncharacteristic. I applaud your willingness to get back on the horse. But we'll see what happened but your boy blake's underdog pick of last week absolutely crushed the bears i took the bears money line two and a half they were a two and a half point underdog against the raiders and they won by 18. so i'm looking to stay hot this week and kind of on the same thing i uh, talked to a lot about uh quarterback matchup last week and i'm kind of attacking the same angle here i'm taking the Bengals. That line right now is uh, plus four for the Bengals. So a lot of points there. Um, the news of Brock Purdy being out, Sam Darnold getting first in the lineup, did move the line uh, about one and a half points. I think it's, well, I don't think Brock Purdy is this all-star quarterback by any stretch of the imagination, but I think he's a lot more valuable to this team than um, Vegas Vegas things. Uh, Bengals are on the road in this matchup, but they're coming off a bye. Uh, the big question with that team is just health. Um, that offense has picked it up as of late. As Joe Burrow has expressed that he's getting more and more healthier, you give me two weeks. You're giving me uh, pretty, essentially two weeks off for Joe Burrow. Um, I, I mentioned it in the matchup section with uh, T. Higgins. I see this being a big game for him. San Francisco banged up, um, and they're just—they're not—not they're looking the same. They're not looking the same. So I like the Bengals here. I like the spot. It, they're getting four points. and I'm taking them money line.